Dear God, I want to thank you again. Wow, what a beautiful Sabbath it's been. Even though it's been raining outside, um, it is a joy to be able to wake up in the morning and to come as a church family and just to experience your word the way it's truly meant to be, where we see a much more deeper side of you, a side that, that not many people get to see. Um, I pray, Lord, that, I, that as I share the words that you have put, put up on my lips, God, that everyone sees you, that all the honor goes to you, all the glory, God. Um, I'm just your instrument. I'm just someone who's willing to, uh, to share what the Lord has impressed on my heart, God. Thank you again, Lord, for everything, and I pray, Lord, that one person be touched by this, God. Thank you again for everything. Amen. Amen. All right, so I don't know um, if Elizabeth shared, me, um, shared with me your theme for, I guess, this semester, this year, I guess. But I will remind this theme to all of you, and it says here, New Year and New Spiritual Resolutions. I have a question for you. It's 2019. Who's made a New Year's resolution? Come on, don't be shy. I know you have. Yep, yep. Right. I know there's more hands out there, but. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what type of New Year's resolutions have you guys made? Just anybody can, anybody can say it. It can be anything. Healthy, like working out, being healthy. What type, of, what type of New Year's resolution have you all made? Amen, amen. Anyone else? Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Anyone else? Oh, okay, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice, that's good, that's good. We always need that mental health. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, he said, uh, just, uh, Joshua said mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man? Memori memorizing verses in Sabbath school. Let's go. Nice. Okay, so yeah, we all make New Year's resolutions, don't we? But at what point do we actually keep them? That's the biggest question right there. At what point do we keep what we told ourselves we would promise to do. I know for me, a couple years back, um, I did a New Year's resolution that I was gonna work out at least three times a week. Um, it was my freshman year in high school, and my assistant dean during that time, he kind of motivated me. He was like, hey, 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 let's go work out. Come on, like, you need, like, your skin is a twig. And I mean, I still am, but hey, it's all right. And I was just kind of like, yeah, sure. And then close by the end of the year, we um, had great progress. And then one of my friends gave me pneumonia and I wasn't able to work out after that. So I was just like, yes, I got no progress after that. But my question to you is, the resolutions that you all made, whether they be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, are they just for yourself? or are they for someone higher than yourself? We all make resolutions, we all make promises, but at the end of the day, as human beings, we can't keep them unless we have a purpose to keep them. That only purpose is God right there. And God is always willing 
to finish something in us, whatever it is. And for God, his resolution, not every year, not every 365 years, but every day, every second of our lives, is for us to become more and more and more like him. So by the end of our lives, whether the Lord calls us back and we hear him, or he calls us back from the grave, that his resolution for us is, my child, you made it, you made the progress, welcome home. But how serious are you for it? Because are you gonna let that define who you are or are you gonna let the, are you gonna let the world define who, who you are supposed to be? Because yeah, I mean, we live in a good world, don't we? I mean, nice homes, food on the table, clothes on our backs. We're comfortable, aren't we? And we're good, yeah. But is that all we want? Or do you want more? Do you want to be defined for all your characteristics of being, ooh, top of the class, ooh, good looking, ooh, like, oh man, like, I, I've traveled, ooh, I've done all of this, ooh, I've I run this fastest mile, ooh, I've done all of that. But then at the end of your life, are people just gonna remember who you are or gonna remember, oh, that person right there, that person had Jesus. That person right there had Jesus. Oh, who cares about anything else? That person had God every single day in them. What do you want to be defined for? Your accomplishments? Or remember that you were a follower of Jesus Christ? As I was trying to think um, of what to say and what to speak of, um, Yes, it's been kind of a stressful week just because of um, a very hard week last week. I was going through a very hard time last week. Um, I won't go into too much detail about it, but um, the Lord provided, and I'm glad that I'm able to stay at Southern for the next semester. Um, so possibly this is possible for some reason that I have to be here for today. I don't know. God has a purpose for everything. but. Um, but as I was trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to talk about for, um, for tonight? And I can be sure to be honest with you, the Lord kind of told me about this like Sabbath morning today. So I was just like, thank you. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out, but I just couldn't. And a name just popped into my head every single time that I always remember. We all know the story, King David. Good King David. I mean, guy was on top of the world. But do we remember his purpose? Do we remember who he really was? I mean, we read the Bible, of course, but we don't really read it. We don't really try to dissect that these people were real people going through real events that we go through every single day. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start reading the book. I started reading just the beginning of David's life and where he started and where he came from. And if you have your Bibles, or for you young people, if you have your iPhones or Androids, um, you can take out your Bibles this time. You can take your Bibles this time on your phones. So I'm giving you permission. So don't be on Instagram, please. I do that sometimes, I'm sorry. <laughs> but if you go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, and 
go to verse 18, but I will start in verse 15 just to give you guys a bit of a background, basically, of the reason how the story kind, the story goes in between, basically. So just say amen when you get there. And if you're not there, just, I don't know, say mercy if you're not there yet. First uh, Samuel chapter 16. So just say amen when you get there. Amen, amen. All right. So verse 18 talks about who David is, but I want to start back in verse 15 to try to, well, verse 14, to explain to you why 18 basically goes into chapter 18, why, um, why the writer of the, of the book decided to basically narrate like that. And in verse 15, it says here, now the, now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. All right, so let's get a background. Of course, let's, uh, Bible quiz, who was the first king of Israel? All right, Saul, all right. Was he a good king or not? No? Okay, good. You guys know your history. He wasn't. Let's remember, the Lord chose Saul to be the first king. So Saul was able to choose what he wanted to do. Am I right? Saul was able, if he wanted to, to follow God's commands, to follow God's will. But he didn't. He decided to go his own way. He became more of, a, more of seeing to himself than seeing God, than seeing the big picture of what God truly had planned for him. Let me say this. The moment that you decide to do your own things is the moment that life gets a little bit harder without God in the picture. Yes, life can be easy. Yes, you can live life without God. It's possible. I've done it. I became an Adventist 10 years ago, so I know what it's like to not have God. But I now know what it's like to have God. People, it's not easy. Because the stuff that you go through without having God, it is so hard. It is so hard. It's not easy. And for Dave, and for, um, sorry, excuse me, Saul, he chose that. He was like, mm, eh, I can follow God, I cannot, mm, I'm going to follow my own way. Saul did that. So if we go into verse 15, it says, um, Some of Saul's servants said to him, A tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good, a good musician to play the harp whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you. He will play soothing music, and you will soon be well again. Verse 17, all right, Saul said. Find me someone who plays well and bring him. So we can see Saul's servants really do think, oh, shoot, there's, some, there's something really wrong with him. There's something very wrong with him. And they're like, hey, let's try to find someone who plays really good music. I mean, we all love music, don't we? We, we, we all love it, huh? I mean, I love listening to music. I mean, I, have, I, I take a class at least once a week so I can do music because I sometimes just want to get away from academics and I just want to do something that I like and I like to play music. And, and, and music is a very encouraging thing to do. Um, what I heard about music is that music can actually affect who you are. It can affect the purpose of what you think. Music 
if listened correctly, your heart will actually try to sync with the beat of the music. That's cool, isn't it? That the stuff that you listen to affects how your heart reacts. So if you're listening to really, really fast music, your heart's gonna try to sync with it, it's not gonna be too easy. Listen to softer music, your heart's still gonna, it's, that, it's finding that good balance. But I'm sorry, I just like doing facts, so that was kind of fun for me. But verse 18 is what I really want to touch. And it says here, One of the servants said to Saul, One of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. I truly believe that the writer of the story put in that very last four words for a reason. What did it say? He was very good looking, had good judgment, man of war, a brave warrior. What was the last thing? The Lord is with him. And of course, as we read on and we read on and we read on, try to picture this as David doing his New Year's resolution. He goes to the king's courts to play for the king of Israel. Think about it. That's somewhat like a New Year's resolution, isn't it? He goes every single day to go play for the king when the king needs aid, when the king needs help, when the king is going through a really rough time. He goes, he plays his harp, he enjoys it, he has fun with it, but he's doing it for a purpose. And if we go to chapter 18, and we progress more into the story of 1 Samuel, um, in 1 Samuel 18, and we know that Saul does get angry with him. I mean, verse 8 says, um, as David was just getting victory after victory and the people were praising him and praising him because he was doing what he was meant to be doing. He was doing his resolution. He was doing what he wanted to do, what God called him to do. And of course, jealousy runs through all of us and it ran through Saul and Saul got really angry with him. And in verse eight it says, this made Saul very angry What's this, he said. They credit David with 10,000 and me with only 1,000. Next, they'll make him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. If we progress more into the story, remember the Lord left Saul. David's resolution, David's job was to play for the king to help him get better. Verse 10 says, the very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul, and he began to rave in his house like a madman. Now let's put, put yourself in David's shoes. Think about it. You're playing for Saul. You're in his courts every, every single day. You basically get to know this guy. This guy basically becomes like, like your uncle that you don't really want, but you're kind of stuck with. So, yeah, we, we, we all have that uncle, don't we? Like that uncle we really don't like, but he's, they're just stuck with us. But we love them anyway. I mean, I have that uncle, but it works out well. 
Yeah, think about it. Guy's crazy, going as a madman, running around everywhere. I'm being like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I can't get this off. And David's just like, hey, 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 calm down, calm down, calm down. Listen to my pretty harp, listen to my pretty music. We'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Continuing on, David was playing the harp as he did each day. But Saul had a spear in his hand, and he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped him twice. I'm going to repeat one couple words from here. David was playing the harp as he did each day. Let that sink in for just a second because it blew me away when it finally hit me. David, a brave warrior, a handsome young man, a man of war, very good with judgment, and he has the Lord with him. And he's serving a king who is literally a madman right now and threatens to try, not, not threatens, tries to kill him, not once, but twice. And what does the Bible say? David played the harp as usual as he did every single day. Nothing changed. Nothing phased him. He kept his resolution to God, to what God intended him to do, no matter what Saul threw at him, metaphorically and literally. Nothing faced him. He played his harp as if it were just a normal day. My question to you is this. Like I said, we've all made New Year's resolutions, haven't we? Whether spiritual, emotional, or physical. There's rope right here, if you guys can see it. But I will lift it up so the people in the back can see it. Here's the rope. Now you're probably wondering, why do I have rope? That's a good question. This is what I want to focus on, is the ending on the rope. So what's different about the end of this rope and the rest? It's black, right? I want to ask you this. Remember what I said that God's everyday resolution for us is for us to be home, is for us to have a better life. Elizabeth, can you hold this for me really quick so I can actually have some arm movement? Yeah, it's okay, it doesn't matter. So, this black right here, basically, imagine this whole rope being eternity. Imagine this thing just goes on forever, but it doesn't. It ends like right here at the pew. But imagine it just 
ends over there, like continues on forever and ever and ever. It, all of this right here is our eternity. All of this right here is heaven with God. And this right here is our life on earth. We have about maybe like a couple inches right there. We have that much, that much of life here on earth. And then we got all of eternity right there, right here. Imagine, never ending, infinite, never ends, even though it ends right here. But think about it, never ends. Eternity, forever, and ever, and ever, and ever. And then over there, maybe at least a good 70 years if you live in the US, if you don't eat too much unhealthy veggie meat. <laughs> think about it, as human beings, as we do our New Year's resolution every 365 days, whether it be lifting weights, because I tried to do that, and I'm still trying to do that, or getting, being, being top of our class, or trying, to, or trying to get enough money, or trying to get that girl or get that guy, or trying to get that job that we want, and yet we're just like, all right, so I'm gonna do as much work as I can here so that I can enjoy everything that's right here. Yo, you, you literally wasted maybe at least a good portion of your life for what? Now, I'm not trying to bash you guys here, please. Respecting, I'm not, because I'm in the same boat with you guys. No matter who's speaking up here, we're all in the same boat right now. No one's different. Not me who's speaking to you right now, not the person sitting in the pew, not the President of the United States, not the king of a country. We're all in the same boat. Because as human beings, what do we want to do? We want to get better. We want to do the best that we can. We want to enjoy life. Isn't that true? We do. And we work as much as we can here to, to what? To try to enjoy this much life left here on earth? We focus so much of this stuff here on earth and we totally forget about eternity. We totally forget that God's New Year, every single day resolution, isn't for you to be able to enjoy as much as you can here, but for goodness sakes, to enjoy all of eternity. Aren't you guys excited for that? Are you? Because I don't, I don't see it. I don't hear it. Are you? Are you, are you excited? Do you want to be with God forever and ever? Do you want to be defined not as a person who is, who is at a, as top of his class, not as a person who has this much money, not as a person who wants everything in the world, but as David, as David was narrated. He had all of this, and yet we all remember this because he had the Spirit of God in him. That is what we, as Seventh-day Adventists, as Christians, as human beings on planet Earth, should be remembered for, no matter what. Would you rather be remembered 
for having everything in the world, or being remembered for this person right here, Elizabeth, Josue, Krista, Ryan, and anyone else here, would you rather be remembered for the things you had here? Or for being remembered that person had Jesus in them? That person lived a good life, the best that he could with Jesus Christ. Guys, Christ is coming back. And I know you guys are always hearing this, but I love speaking about that because it's true. Because it's true. Yes, our theme is not only a new year, but how can we get closer to God this year? Not even this year. How can we get closer to God now? What can we do? Because right there is our life. And it's short. But this is what we should be aiming for. Our New Year's resolution should be to aim to have and to be known for having Jesus so that when God comes back and God takes us back home, he's able to see, that's my kid. That's the kid that I died for. Welcome home, my child. Experience eternity with me. I don't know where you guys are standing right now in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, please be reminded, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to enjoy life. Yes, enjoy life to the fullest. I mean, that's why Jesus came here. Jesus said that he came to give us life to the full. Heaven isn't, here on earth in heaven, is it going to be a boring place where we play harps and we see baby angels sitting on clouds playing harps, always singing? Uh-uh, that ain't heaven. Because if it was, I'm not going. Because that's just boring. No, heaven is experiencing God. Heaven is being able to go to the endless universe and see all the other beings, experience the angels, get to see our friends, get to experience our loved ones once more. But at the core of it, it's getting to experience God on a daily basis and realizing, oh my goodness, there is still so much we need to know. No matter what age you are, whether you are the youngest in your family or you are the oldest in the church, my question to you is, what is your New Year's resolution? What is it? Because if your New Year's resolution is to help yourself, that's good. Keep it up. But if your New Year's resolution is to keep yourself at a well-balanced level, but to realize that that's not it. It's eternity with God, with Jesus, getting closer with him every single day. Then right there lies the purpose of a New Year's resolution. That our purpose of a new year is to get closer to God every single day. To be remembered that you have the Spirit of God in you. That when we are gone from this earth, it's not going to be how much you have, but it's going to be how much you took in because of Jesus and being like, mm, that person has Jesus Christ in right. They have Jesus. 
they have the spirit. And it's the most beautiful thing that I'm always striving to do, and I hope you, you all strive for it. There is a book that one of my old teachers from my elementary school, um, old, old elementary school, gave to me. Um, just because I kind of heard this at summer camp when I worked there um, this, past, this past summer. And this is what it says, and I'll end it here, just because I don't want you guys to be snoozing off. And I know we've already gone through one church, <laughs> but it's never enough. When and where to start. Where do I start? You start here now. You start right here. When do you start? You start right now. You initiate action. You go. Here is the reality. That idea, is it going to um, execute itself? That book isn't going to write itself. Those weights out in the gym, they aren't going to move themselves. You have to do it. And you have to do it now. So stop thinking about it. Stop dreaming about it. Stop researching every aspect of it and reading all about it and debating the pros and cons of it. Start doing it. Take it. Take that. I'm going to change it up. Take that step of faith and make it happen. Get after it here and now. When are you going to start? Are you going to start now? Or are you going to start when life gets itself together and life is peachy perfect? or when you have enough money to celebrate retirement at age 65. Is it 65? Yeah, it's 65. At age 65. Life is this short, but eternity is forever. <laughs>